This is Jake Leahy reading the Supreme Court decision syllabus and Igazarian versus Smoggin. Certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. Decided June 22nd, 2023. Respondent Vitali Smoggin won a multi million dollar arbitration award in 2014 against petitioner Ashat Igazarian stemming from the misappropriation of investment funds in a joint real estate venture in Moscow. Because Yigazarian has lived in California since 2010, Smogin, who, lived, who lives in Russia, filed suit to confirm and enforce the award in the Central District of California pursuant to the Convention on the Recognition and Enforcement of Foreign Arbitral Awards. The district court initially froze Yigazarian's California assets before finally entering judgment against him. The district court also entered several post-judgment orders barring Yigazarian and those acting at his direction from preventing collection on the judgment. While the action was ongoing, Yigazarian himself was awarded a multi-million dollar arbitration award in an unrelated matter and sought to avoid the district court's asset freeze by concealing the funds, which were ultimately transferred to a bank account with petitioner CMB Monaco. In 2020, Smogin filed the civil suit under the Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, RICO, which provides a private right of action to any person injured in his business or property by reason of a violation of RICO's substantive provisions. As relevant, Smoggin alleges Igazarian and others worked together to frustrate Smoggin's collection on the California judgment through a pattern of wire fraud and other RICO predicate racketeering acts, including witness tampering and obstruction of justice. The district court dismissed the complaint on the ground that Smoggin had failed to plead a domestic injury as required by RJR Nabisco Inc. versus European Community. Smoggin's Russian residency weighed heavily in the district court's decision. The Ninth Circuit reversed, rejecting the district court's rigid residency-based approach to the domestic injury inquiry. The Ninth Circuit instead applied a context-specific approach and concluded that Smoggin had pleaded a domestic injury because he had alleged that his efforts to execute on a California judgment in California against the California resident were foiled by a pattern of racketeering activity that largely occurred in California and was designed to subvert enforcement of the judgment there. Held. A plaintiff alleges a domestic injury for purposes of Section 1964C when the circumstances surrounding the injury indicate a rose in the United States. A. The domestic injury requirement for private civil RICO suits stems from RJR Nabisco, a case in which the court was asked whether RICO applies extraterritorially. To answer the question, the court applied the presumption against extraterritorially, 
extraterritoriality, a canon of construction that provides absent clearly expressed congressional intent to the contrary, federal laws will be construed to have only domestic application. Guided by concerns of international comity and reasonable discernment of congressional intent, the court distilled the presumption against extraterritoriality into two steps. The first asks whether the statute gives a clear affirmative indication that it applies extraterritorially. If the answer is yes, the presumption is rebutted and the test ends. If the answer is no, the inquiry proceeds and step two asks whether the case involves a domestic application of the statute, which is assessed by looking to the statute's focus. Applying this framework, the court assessed the extraterritoriality of RICO's private right of action, Section 1964C, and determined that it does not overcome the presumption at Step 1. Proceeding to Step 2, the court held that a private RICO plaintiff must allege and prove a domestic injury to its business or property. Because the RJR Nabisco plaintiffs were not seeking redress for domestic injuries, the court did not have occasion to explain what constitutes a domestic injury. B. The parties advance competing approaches to the domestic injury inquiry. Petitioners urge a bright-line rule that locates a plaintiff's injury at the plaintiff's residence. They argue that because a private RICO action remedies only economic injuries, and a plaintiff necessarily suffers that injury at its residence, where the economic injury is felt, any cognizable injury is necessarily suffered at the plaintiff's residence. Alternatively, petitioners argue that at least when intangible property is concerned, common law principles locate the intangible property at the plaintiff's residence, such that the inquiry is also located there. Smoggin defends a contextual approach that considers all case-specific facts bearing on where the injury arises. C. The court agrees with Smoggin in the Ninth Circuit that the domestic injury inquiry is context-specific and turns largely on the facts alleged in the complaint. Specifically, Courts should look at the circumstances surrounding the alleged injury to assess whether it arose in the United States. Here, that means looking to the nature of the alleged injury, the racketeering activity that directly caused it, and the injurious aims and effects of that activity. The context-specific approach is most consistent with RJR Nabisco. The court statements in RJR Nabisco that the domestic injury requirement does not mean that foreign plaintiffs may not sue under RICO, and that application of the rule in any given case will not always be self-evident, point toward to a case-specific inquiry that considers the particular facts surrounding the alleged injury. That approach also better reflects the requirement's origin in Step 2, which assesses whether there is a domestic application of a statute by looking to the statute's focus. Citing again R.J.R. Nabisco. R.J.R. Nabisco implied that Section 1964C's focus in injuries in business or property by reason of a violation of RICO's substantive provisions. So understood, Section 
1964 C's focus is not on the isolated injury, but on the injury as a product of racketeering activity. This requires courts to look to the circumstances surrounding the injury to see if those circumstances sufficiently ground the injury in the United States. D. The circumstances surrounding Smoggin's injury make clear the injury arose in the United States. Arose in the United States. Smoggin's alleged injury in his, is his inability to collect his judgment. Much of the alleged racketeering activity that caused that injury occurred in the United States. And while some of Yegorazin's scheme to avoid collection occurred abroad, the scheme was directed towards frustrating the California judgment. Further, the injurious effects of the racketeering activity largely manifested in California. Smoggin obtained a judgment in California, where Yagarazin lives, and the rights provided by that judgment exist only in California. The alleged RICO scheme thwarted those rights, thereby undercutting the orders of the California District Court and Smoggin's efforts to collect on the assets in California. Under a contextual approach, Smoggin's allegations suffice to state a domestic injury. E. Petitioners argue that a contextual approach is inconsistent with certain common law principles governing the situs of injuries to intangible property. Specifically, Petitioners point to the restatement first of conflict of laws, under which fraud is typically deemed felt at the plaintiff's residence, and to the principle of mobilia secuntur personam, which generally locates intangible property at the domicile of its owner, and argue that both principles locate Smoggin's alleged injury at his residence. Petitioners fail both to explain the relevance of these principles and to show that they were principles settled at common law at the time of RICO's enactment. The core problem with petitioners is reliance on legal fictions concerning the situs of injuries in other areas of the law is that the justifications of that approach do not necessarily translate to the presumption against extraterritoriality with its distinctive concerns for comity and discerning congressional meaning. Indeed, petitioners' approach generates results counter to comity and far afield from any reasonable interpretation of what qualifies as a domestic application of Section 1964C. Consider two U.S. businesses targeted by racketeering activity, one owned by a U.S. resident and one owned by someone living abroad. There is no evidence that Congress intended that only the former business owner can bring a Section 1964 suit, especially since doing so runs the risk of generating international discord. Finally, petitioners argue that a contextual approach is unworkable because it does not provide a bright-line rule. Such concerns about a fact-intensive test cannot displace congressional policy choices, where a more nuanced test is true to the statute's meaning. Affirmed and remanded. Justice Sotomayor delivered the opinion of the court. 
in which Roberts, Kagan, Kavanaugh, Barrett, and Jackson joined. Alito filed a dissenting opinion in which Thomas joined and in which Gorsuch joined as to part one. Sorry, a couple the names in there were not the easiest and extra extraterritoriality keeps throwing me off. Thanks again for listening. Subscribe. Uh, rate it. Review. would be great. I heard there's 20 opinions coming out in the next eight days, so uh, it'll be a busy couple weeks here. Have a great one.